This is Pastor Rick's Daily Hope, the audio broadcast ministry of Pastor Rick Warren. Today, Pastor Rick continues in a series called 40 Days of Love. In these lessons, Rick looks into the Bible to help you better understand God's great love for you and to empower you to love others the way Jesus does. But first, in just a bit, we'll tell you how to get Pastor Rick's 40 Days of Love Bible Study with six video sessions and workbook. It's perfect for individual study and also great to do with a small group of friends. You can take a sneak peek by going to PastorRick.com while you listen. Or just text the word HOPE to 800-600-5004. That's the word HOPE to 800-600-5004. Right now, here's Pastor Rick with part two of a message called, Love Let's It Go. Sometimes we're more polite to strangers than we are to the people in our lives. And I've said this before, but I don't know if it bothers you. It bothers me that sometimes I say the meanest things, the most unthoughtful things to the people I love the most. I don't know if that bothers you, but it bothers me. It bothers me a lot that I could be nice to strangers and not nice in the same capacity to, to, to people I'm around all the time. Notice this next verse, Titus 3.2. Believers shouldn't curse anyone or be quarrelsome, but they should be gentle and show courtesy to everyone. Circle courtesy. What is courtesy? Courtesy is showing love in little things. That's what it is. It's showing love in the little things, where you just... Um, let people uh, be, be kind to people. And a lot of marriages die from a lack of courtesy because the things that you used to do for each other, you don't do anymore. The little niceties, the thoughtful things, the notes, the cards, the flowers, the, the, the calls, the, the courtesies, the opening the door, uh, the let me get that for you. It's now get it yourself. And, and, and a lot of, lot of uh, marriages are, are, are buried from a lot of little digs, just a little lack of courtesy. Now, how do, you, how do you be more understanding of people who are demanding in your life? Well, the Bible tells us that patience comes from perspective, that the more you understand about a person, the more patient you're going to be with them. I'm impatient with people I don't understand. But when I know them, then, and I know them well, I'm gonna know what I call the three Bs. Their background, their battles, and their burdens. You need to, before you get short, short and sharp with anybody, you need to say, do I know their background? Do I know the battles they're going through right now? Do I know the burdens they're carrying? That's gonna make you a lot more courteous to other people. We often look at people and go, look how far they have to go. But we don't stop and say, I wonder how far they've come. Maybe they were raised in a family where they had no model of kindness, no model of courtesy, no model. Of, and they, maybe they, they, they grew up in a very dysfunctional home and they've already gotten this far and they ought to be applauded for that. And we're always looking at how far they've got to go. We, we don't look at how far they've come. So I look at their background. I look at their burdens. What are the problems they're carrying? They may be sick. 
They may have a temperature. The reason they may be a little irritable or demanding is they're not feeling good. Maybe they've got a back problem. Their surgery hadn't come up yet. And there are all kinds of battles and burdens that people carry that you and I don't know about. Love is understanding, not demanding. Look at this first on the screen. A man's wisdom, that means having that perspective, gives him what? Patience. Patience comes from perspective. It is his glory to overlook an offense. Do you overlook offenses or are you offended by offenses? Are you so touchy and irritable that anybody looks at you crosswise or forgets to say something or even walks past you and didn't even see you, then you, get, you take that offensive? The Bible says it is a glory to a man's or a woman's character to overlook an offense. Just blow it off. Love lets it go. Love just lets it go. Now, while we're talking about it, this is what we call the golden rule. The next verse says, do to others as you would have them do to you. That's all we're talking about in being understanding, not demand. Do to others what you would have them do to you. Now, a bunch of you turned the paper over, and I wasn't through with this point yet. So I will be tactful, but I will be truthful. Turn it back over. Because what happens with demanding people? Does that mean I'm just supposed to let them um, run over me? If somebody is demanding, in my, they're a demanding person, do I just let them push me around? Do I just act like a doormat? Do I always just cave in and say, fine, whatever you want? No. Here's the key. Write this down. Be tender without surrender. Be tender without surrender. You don't let people just push you around. Jesus never caved in to manipulators. The religious leaders, the Pharisees, always tried to manipulate Jesus. And they were extremely demanding. They were very legalistic. And they had all kinds of demands that they themselves couldn't even keep. And Jesus would not let other demanding people, you know, push him into a corner. You be tender without surrender. That's what you call love in action. Love in action, tender without surrender. Now, there's a third uh, group that we have to deal with, and that is disappointing people. Disappointing people. You're going to be disappointed in life. In fact, everybody in your life is going to disappoint you. your friends are going to disappoint you. Your family, your parents, your brother, your sisters, they're going to disappoint you. Your husband or your wife is going to disappoint you. I'm going to disappoint you as your pastor. Every, why? Because nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect. And so how do you deal with disappointing people? And how, do, how does love respond uh, when we are disappointed by people? Well, the third thing the Bible says is love is not irritable. It's not irritable. So, write this down. I must be gentle, not judgmental. I must be gentle, not judgmental. One of the best examples on our staff of being gentle, not judgmental, is Pastor Buddy. So I asked Buddy if he would come and take this point. Would you give him a warm welcome? Now, that was, that was a rough introduction because I think you just set me up for failure. 
You may not feel that way after I finish telling the story about myself. Something that happened to me uh, just, just on Friday to, to show you how, uh, how gentle and undemanding and non-irritable I can be. Uh, <clears throat> I had a house full of teenagers. Oh, right there, that can set you off. But I had a house full of teenagers, and they're getting ready for homecoming at uh, Mission Viejo, Mission Viejo High School, getting ready for the game. And uh, so we had to feed all of these hungry people. So my wife says, hey, can you go to the store and get a couple things? No problem. I love to go to the store. So I go to the store. I get my stuff. I'm back in the car. I'm in a hurry. And there's a light, you know, to get out of the parking lot. And I'm the third car waiting to make this turn. And so the light turns green. And the guy in the front, he does what he should do, steps on the gas, goes through the intersection, no problem. The car right in front of me doesn't. She just kind of sits there. And you know how you can, you can look through the, the back window of the car and you can see if the driver's paying attention or looking down at something? She's looking straight ahead. She's looking right into the intersection, and, but she's just in no hurry to go anywhere. So she just slowly inches her way forward and comes to the, the uh, crosswalk and the light turns yellow and she stops. <laughs> and I'm thinking, boy, lady, you know? So I just sort of tapped my horn and... Actually, I, I leaned on the horn. <clears throat> Felt a lot better about myself at the moment until I happened to look down and I looked at her, her license plate frame. Now, many of you probably know where I'm going with this. It said, you matter to God, Saddleback Church. <laughs> and I'm thinking, boy, pastor, you know? So I, I literally, I, I just sort of covered my face with my hand like this, got my hand on the wheel, you know? And the light turns green, and we make the turn, and I took the first ride I could just to get away from her, hoping that she didn't recognize her pastor honking a horn at her in an intersection. So, that, you know, so much for love and action. Now, um, let's see what the scriptures have to say about, uh, about how we can be gentle and, and uh, not judgmental. Galatians chapter 6, verse 1 says this. It says, brothers and sisters, if someone in your group does something wrong, especially your pastor... Uh, you who are spiritual should go to that person and gently help make him right again. But be careful, because you might be tempted to sin too. You might want to circle the word gently. I love the fact that it says gently. And this is great advice for small group life. And uh, the Bible tells us you've got to do it gently, not harshly, not in a rude or a mean way, but to do it with gentleness and, and, and with respect. There's a little equation I learned from Pastor Rick. And it's right plus rude equals wrong. Right plus rude equals wrong. Because it doesn't matter if you're right. If you're rude about it, nobody's going to care what you have to say. They're immediately going to get defensive. So you do it in a gentle and a loving way, not in a harsh and a cruel way. Now, let's look at this verse on the screen. Colossians 3.13, the Bible says, Bear with each other and forgive Whatever grievances you may have against one another. Notice it says whatever grievances. You can't be selective about this. Forgive whatever grievances you have against one another and forgive as the Lord forgave you. And then in Romans 14, 12, the Bible says this. Each of us will give an account of himself to God. We're not going to have to give it to each other. We'll give an account of himself to God. Therefore, let's stop passing judgment on each other. Now, it's important to understand the difference between using your judgment and being judgmental. Because I've talked to people who just let all kinds of things go on in relationships and say, well, I don't want to be judgmental. And so instead, they just become victims. There's a difference between using your judgment and being judgmental. 
You've got to use your judgment so you can see when something's going wrong. There's nothing wrong with doing that. You've got to be able to decide between wrong and right to be able to know what the truth is. But the truth is not judgmental. It's only judgmental when you beat somebody over the head with it. That's when it becomes judgmental, when you start determining what their sentence is going to be. And the Bible says, look, you've got to use your judgment. You've got to be smart about things, but you don't have to be judgmental with people. The Bible says this in Proverbs 15, 4. Gentle words bring life and health. A deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. And I love the way it says this in the, in the message paraphrase. It says, the kind words heal and help. They heal and help, but cutting words wound and maim. So we always have a choice when we need to speak to somebody, especially with our kids. Have you found how cutting words can just wound and maim a child? You can, you can hurt them for years. But the Bible says that kind words are the words that will heal and help. So when your kids mess up, you don't have to get on their case and tell them, you know, you're whatever you think they are at the moment, but give them a vision of how things could be, like Pastor Rick was talking about a minute ago. Speak words of life and health and hope into them, not words of, of judgment and harshness, but be gentle. And it's the same way in our marriages. Man, how many, how many marriage problems could be strengthened if we just waited a beat, if we just use words that were gentle and kind and not harsh or vindictive. And you know, there are, there are really so few things that are worth fighting about. And even the things that we think are worth fighting about, most of those aren't worth fighting about either. They're just temporal. They're going to pass. We've got to learn to cut each other some slack and be kind and gentle in our relationships. And then there's another verse that we threw in just in case you're having some problems at work with your boss. Look at what the Bible says here in Ecclesiastes 10.4. If your boss is angry with you, it's probably your fault. No, it doesn't say that. It says, <laughs> if your boss is angry with you, don't quit. A quiet spirit can overcome even great mistakes. What that's saying is, look, if you mess up at work, just admit it. Don't blame it on somebody else. Don't get all defensive and start yelling back. Just be quiet about it. Do your job. Do it well. Do it for the glory of God because you're much more likely to find mercy if you're humble about it than if you're grumpy about it. So love isn't rude and it's not demanding and it's not judgmental. And Pastor Rick's going to come back and tell us about the fourth aspect of love. The fourth aspect has to do with dealing with destructive people. Now, this is the hardest one of all. How do you love people who intentionally hurt you, who are mean, who are hateful, who are manipulative? When, when people hurt us, we have two natural tendencies. Remember it and retaliate. First, we remember it. We stockpile it in our mind. We put it back in the database. We say, I'm never forgetting that one. I'm never letting them off the hook. I'm going to watch them from now on. And we remember it and we rehearse it over and over and over. And the second thing we do is we retaliate and we want to get even. But that's not what the Bible says. Love takes a step up. And the Bible says love keeps no record of wrongs. It keeps no record of wrongs. So what does that mean? How do I respond to the people who have hurt me in my life? How do I handle all of those wounds those pains, those hurts 
that I've stockpiled back there in my memory. Well, here's what you do. You don't repeat it, you delete it. Don't repeat it, delete it. Wipe it out of the memory bank, let it go, forgive it, and get on with your life. Now it says, don't repeat it. What do I mean by that? Well, we typically, when we get hurt, we repeat it three ways. We repeat it um, emotionally in our minds, we repeat it relationally as a weapon, and we repeat it uh, practically in, uh, in, in verbally in telling other people. First, we repeat it in our minds by going over and over and over and over and over in your mind. And we rehearse it, and we've talked about this so many times, how resentment never helps you, it only hurts you. Resentment is self-destructive. It is emotional suicide. It's like taking fire in your heart. It will destroy you. When you hold on to a grudge, when you hold on to a hurt, you hold on to bitterness, you are not hurting that person from your past. You're only hurting yourself. In fact, you are allowing them to continue to hurt you in the present. Your past is past. It's over. It can't hurt you unless you choose to allow it. And the way you allow it to hurt you is by remembering it over and over. And every time you remember and rehash and rehearse and go over it again in your mind, you get hurt again. That's not smart. It's not using your brain the way God intended for you to use it. Resentment only perpetuates the pain. It never heals. It never solves anything. So we, we repeat it over and over in our mind. The second way we repeat it is we repeat it in fights, in relationships. And we use it as, as uh, wedges, as weapons. Well, you did this. Yeah, but you did that. But remember when you did that, but you did this. But remember when you did that, and you, you pile it all back up again. And the third way that we repeat it is we repeat it to other people. We talk to others. That's called gossip. And we tell everybody else, we don't talk to God, we don't talk to, other, talk to uh, the person, we talk to everybody else about the pain. And we want to try to line up people on our side so that we're better and they're bad and they're hated as much by other people as they're hated by us. All three of those are destructive, damaging, and self-defeating. You're only hurting yourself by repeating it in your mind, by repeating it over and over in conversations and using it as a wedge, and by repeating it to other people. Don't repeat it. Delete it. Love keeps no record of wrongs. This is Pastor Rick's Daily Hope. We're so happy you've chosen to study along with us today. If you'd like to receive Rick's free daily devotional, just go to PastorRick.com and sign up right now. You'll get hope and encouragement from Pastor Rick delivered to your inbox every day. Rick will be right back to close out our time today. But first, Jesus said, There's nothing more important than loving God and loving others. That's why Pastor Rick created the 40 Days of Love Bible Study that comes with a six-session DVD and workbook. In these sessions, Rick helps you understand how deep and wide God's love is for you and reveals how you can enjoy a happy and successful relationship with others by focusing on the spiritual principles of patience, kindness, truth, and forgiveness. 
This resource is perfect for a personal study, or you can invite a few friends over and do it in a small group setting. And today, when you give a gift to share the love of Jesus with people here and around the world, we'll send you Pastor Rick's 40 Days of Love Bible Study to say thanks. Get yours now and experience more fulfilling relationships as you live a life powered by the love of Jesus. Go to PastorRick.com right now to get your copy. Or just text the word HOPE to 800-600-5004. There's only two days left to get this great resource, so don't wait. That's PastorRick.com or the word HOPE to 800-600-5004. And thank you so much for your support. Here's Rick with a letter from one of our listeners. Friends, your generosity is helping Daily Hope take the Word of God to people all across the globe, to people like Francois in Australia. Today, I want to share a letter that I received from her. She wrote, thank you for sharing God's Word with us in a way that seems real and honest and believable and funny. (laughs) I'm very grateful for the Daily Hope messages. I've started reading my Bible again. I understand more as I keep reading. Misconceptions have been cleared away, and I'm seeing myself as a child of God, seeing others as God sees them, and marveling at God's amazing grace and unconditional love for all of us. Daily Hope has shown me how to trust God. You know, for some time now, I have adopted what you said, I'll do my best and God will do the rest. Your message helped me do this. Your openness about your own marriage and other situations and problems make me feel that the problems that my husband and I face are normal. I'm learning how to overcome these problems by making choices that God wants me to make. And then I forward your messages on to people that I know, hoping that they will listen to them too. Francois, thank you for writing. It's wonderful that you're reading the Bible again. It's wonderful that Daily Hope has helped you understand what you're reading and cleared up some of those misconceptions. And I'm glad that you're committed to your marriage and that hearing a little about the struggles that Kay and I have gone through in our marriage was helpful to you. You know, we often help each other more through our weaknesses than our strengths. I absolutely love that you're forwarding the Daily Hope messages to people you know. And I hope everybody who's listening right now is going to do just like you. It's an easy way to share your faith with the people you know, because you never know who's going to be in heaven because you cared enough to share. God bless you, everybody. If you'd like to let Rick know how this broadcast has blessed you, please feel free to send him an email at rick at pastorrick.com. That's rick at pastorrick.com. Be sure to join us next time as we look into God's Word for our daily hope. This program is sponsored by Pastor Rick's Daily Hope and your generous financial support.